welcome to Roadhouse Minute, the podcast where we review the best bad movie of all time, Roadhouse, one minute at a time, and where we always try to be nice until it's time not to be nice. I'm Roger. I'm Marcy. And we're really happy one more time this week to be joined by the hosts of uh, Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, uh, Mark Hoffmeyer. How are you doing, Mark? I want to say, well, no, I can't say it because of the thing, but y'all, y'all, y'all's butts are mine. <laughs> <laughs> and Jay Cluett, how are you doing, Jay? Same minute, new story. Good to be here. Thank you. We're going to talk about that quote because actually I've been thinking about that quote over and over again, and it actually doesn't make any sense to me. So maybe that's <laughs> just me. Um, this is minute 84 of Roadhouse. Uh, this minute starts with Wesley informing Dalton that it's not working out. Uh, and it ends with Stratemeyer offering to get the feds involved. So you just randomly know somebody. I love that. I wish I could say that. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, my first question about this minute is, what exactly is does, do we think Brad Wesley means when he says, this isn't working out, Dalton? Uh, Dalton being in town? Like, he, <laughs> he's... It could mean a few things, I suppose. He could be saying it's not working out for, for himself, for Brad, that Dalton's here because he's, he's causing trouble, and he's going to try and put an end to it, I guess. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Because of what happens in the rest of the film, threats and death and things. <laughs> One thing I didn't ask from the last minute, because uh, Marcy and I have been deconstructing Kevin Ty over the course of this whole movie. There's a lot of cutaway shots to Kevin Ty in the last minute during this fight. And then we get another one here. Like, what do we think that, what do we think is going through Frank Tillman's mind during this fight? And then after, after it sort of comes to this, uh, gunshot conclusion. Well, uh, at this point, I, I've spent the whole film waiting for him to be revealed to be the true villain. Uh, <laughs> because like, I couldn't remember if he was or not. He just has that air. He, it's like Willem Dafoe and Aquaman. I spent the whole time waiting for him to be like, I'm, the, I'm really the bad guy, haha. And it never happened. He's a good guy throughout. It just doesn't make sense that like, Kevin Ty's playing a, <laughs> an, up, an upstanding fellow. I think, seems... <laughs> I think there's an unfilmed sequel to this movie where uh, uh, Frank Tillman becomes the new Brad Wesley. Yeah, I reckon so. He I seems said, yeah. like, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. It seems like he has all the makings. He's... He's got the same sort of slimy, oily manner. He's full of creepy smiles. And it just seems like he would love to come in and sort of take over the Jasper Improvement Society. So, so that's what's going through his mind. He's like, ah, oh, the plan is coming together. Dalton, <laughs> Dalton and, and Brad Wesley are, are facing off against each other. These two are, need them to, to kill each other, take each other out, and then the town is mine. <laughs> so this is like a secret plan. So maybe, maybe... Frank Tillman's plan all along was to just hire Dalton to come in and just like, like lay waste to the whole town. So I shall people. rename it Tillman Town. Some people just want to watch the whole world burn. Kevin <laughs> Ty is the Joker. Tons of money in the beginning, is it not? Is he losing money? Because his bar is always well. I guess he's replacing tables every night. So we don't actually know that. All we know is that he's come into a little bit of money and he wants to make yeah. a better life for himself. You know, we haven't had a chance to ask you all this question, but Marcy and I have talked about this a lot. Where do you all think that? How, where do you all think that Frank Tillman has come into a little bit of money? Selling eyeballs. Would be my guess. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, I Yikes. think so. Selling eyeballs. Just on the black wash market. Them off. Yeah, black market. Yeah. Go on Silk Road and see how many you can buy for Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he sold eyeballs. There wow. Sweeps them up every night. He sweeps them up. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you keep them on ice, there's a big, <laughs> there's a big eyeball market in this world. Brody, 
You know, think, when you actually give up your eyes for transplant, I can't believe I'm putting this into the podcast. It's not like they just take your eye and plug it into somebody else's face. That's not how it works. Wait, that doesn't work? Wait, what? <laughs> so an, an eye transplant. mine work then? An eye tra- USB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one that you had to get replaced after that fight. Um, <laughs> an eye transplant just really involves, I guess, taking off part of somebody's cornea to give to someone, I guess, if like they've got horrifically bad glaucoma or something like that yeah oh it's not the whole ball part no it's not tragically uh, wow i've learned something <laughs> new <laughs> so, he, so he can be so he's setting bits of the cornea and then he can use the rest of it for like uh, halloween props yeah like, you know, set it in resin it's so <laughs> gross <laughs> maybe oh, maybe his house is like brad wesley's house except instead of having dozens oh. and dozens of stuffed animal heads on the wall <laughs> it's just a wall full of eyeballs it's not oh even wallpaper. God. It's like yeah, it's literally just like tessellated eyes all over the place. Yeah, uh, Jay, this, the, Jay, this is your fault. You let us down this conversation. It's like I apologize for nothing. Right? It's Do you like want me to taxidermy this possum? No, just the eyes. Just just the eyes. <laughs> Keep the rest. Make a stew. I don't care. I just want. <laughs> oh God. Oh man. Or maybe he keeps them in those little fish jars, like those fighting fish. You know how sometimes they have the displays of the fighting fish? Yeah. It's like a whole wall of them in those little tiny aquariums. But instead of that, there's little eyeballs and all. Or, or like those when you're like whenever those shots like in CSI when you go to like the dude who's like the the, the big criminologist, like they just keep them all in like little jars of formaldehyde. Yeah. 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 There we go. So yeah. Sometimes so- he mixes them up with his pick uh, eggs, his pickled eggs. Oh no. <sighs> so you, you've common. got to wonder why why he bought Dalton in. Because he had this lucrative eye business. <laughs> Dalton's come in and ruined it. Yeah. Yeah, but he had well, foresight knowing that he had to get, well, get it. Foresight. foresight. That's a funny joke, <laughs> Mark. I like that. But he had to get this guy out of there. He had to get Wesley out of there because maybe Wesley had a dueling eye business. Like, this is this is big business, I, the eye business in the 89s. So, yeah, maybe he had to get him out of there. because Maybe dying. that's what Brad Wesley means when he says this isn't working out, Dalton. He's just like, you know, this this town isn't big enough for two eyeball businesses. Yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah. It gets to a point where everyone's got eyes. You can just you, only to sell an eye is for an eye. <laughs> like eye he like puts an eye on his car and then just writes, see you. <laughs> no. That's a Stallone movie. I see you. <laughs> Yikes! It's not a well, good it's got movie. it's got three it's got three <laughs> words in the title, so I'm just assuming that's a Steven Seagal movie. Yeah. <laughs> I see you. Marked for eyes. Marked for eyes. Eyes to kill. Wait. Uh, uh, be like blind justice or something, wouldn't it? It's got to have it's got to have three words though. Ah, okay. So like, uh, am I blind justice? Like Steven Seagal is blind justice. L- looking at you. <laughs> Was Steven Seagal in that movie Double Team? Oh no, that's John Claude Van Damme. That's Van Damme. Double yeah. Team with uh, Dennis Rodman. Is, Where are we going? Is, We're so far Mar- off. Mar- We're Mar- so Mar- far Mar- off. Have y'all seen that movie, The Deep House? Not yet. The, the Deep House. Yeah, it no. came out last year. It's a French film about two uh, like uh, influencers who go into an underwater home. Well, and I it, tell you, it's haunted. I will watch it as soon as you all review it as one of your say, Deep Blue Sea adjacent movies. There you go. It is now we're back to Deep Blue Sea. No streaming anywhere near me yet. But what it is, I wonder if Dalton could like go clean that. Because like, any house, like he cleans out roadhouses, haunted houses. <laughs> like this could be insidious. This could be like a conjuring series where Dalton just goes to houses. And Man about the house. 
Yeah. And and just cleans out their malevolent presences. Or are you yeah. imagining that? Are you imagining that he then has to move on? Like, because you know, one of the questions that we never really answer is like, what is Dalton gonna do in Jasper now that he's he's fixed everything? He seems to be staying there. Like, he has he's got nothing left to do. Like, well, he's maybe, got he's got a town to rebuild for one thing. <laughs> that's true. Most <laughs> of the important buildings have blown up at this point, except for the double. He's got jet skis to repair. Yeah, he sets up the jet ski shop. There we go. Maybe, maybe he becomes oh. like the new Marie Kondo, and now it's his job to go around and like fix everybody's house. Oh my gosh! Just like you know, like bad marriages, he cleans those. Like he helps them out. If the house of if House of Gucci cast were in the remake of Roadhouse, who would be Dalton? I haven't seen that show. Uh, so I, I, other than Lady Adam Gaga, Driver? I'm not sure who's in the cast. Adam I, Driver. I, Oh, Adam Driver's a he's so he's, weird. He's, a, he's a villain to me. We I feel like he's the Jared Jimmy. Leto. Did, did you all <laughs> no. did, did you all know Jack that there's Houston? there is a rumored remake of Roadhouse in the works? Okay, that oh. we were that we were clued into. So Marcy and I we talked about this in a previous minute. We were we were put onto this by someone, and apparently the person that they were tapping to play the role of Dalton was uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm not okay with that. That was I, my I, first reaction too. I like I like the guy. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't doesn't sit right with me. There is something like about him. Prisoners to investigate a murder at the roadhouse. That'd be a good one. I can see. I, I don't want this remake. We have a really good film already. Don't need to remake it. But if they do, then I can see for the Wade Garrett role, Frank Grillo potentially. Ooh. I can see. I just watched Cop Shop the other day, and he's really good in that. And I can see him as kind of this older, grizzled, he's still in really good shape, uh, keep the long hair from Cop Shop. I can see him taking that role. Is he wearing a tiny scarf? Uh, yeah, he, he, not in, in Cop Shop, in, in this, definitely, yes. I guess. He takes off for the fight. It's a good tiny scarf look for that dude. <laughs> what if they could somehow convince... <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, if they were going to remake this movie... Which, again, I think this is a perfect movie. Just like Deep Blue Sea, I really don't think you could improve on this in any way. Um, maybe you could remake this. Do you, would you want to give this the Ocean's 8 treatment, treatment and just sort of gender switch this whole movie? Because Ronda Rousey was supposed to be in it in... back in the day. She was tapped to be in a Roadhouse remake. I like it. So, I like it. As Dalton? Yeah, she was supposed to be Dalton. Linda Hamilton as Wade? That, there you go. Okay, let's go. That is, Jay, that is brilliant. I mean, the who's the in Terminator? Just the Terminator Dark Fate cast. Oh, yeah, Mackenzie uh, Davis as, yeah. as Dalton. Yeah. There it is. Could we get Arnold Schwarzenegger to play Brad Wesley? <laughs> yeah. Why I think not? Arnold Schwarzenegger. We should I, try. We I think Arnold Schwarzenegger try. would play pretty much any role. It seems to me like he's sort of cashing checks now. Um, I think you could get him to do that. What Aubrey Plaza? She would uh, be a good uh, Dalton Jimmy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I can, oh, yeah. I, I like this. Let's I like this. this movie. I like the way this movie is going. I also think it it's probably a sign uh, that there's not as much excited excitement going on in this minute as there were in the last two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we really haven't well, spent I mean, a whole lot of time talking about it. Yeah, because um, like, oh, the, the fight's finished. Let's the walk fight, away. The then fight is finished. So, Mark, you you started our podcast today with 
with Jimmy's line as he is sort of sheepishly having to tuck tail and run. Um, I think his line is pretty lame. <laughs> it's just what people said. Like, like I'm going to kick your butt. Like, that's just what everyone, that was just the, something from the 80s. I think everyone said that. Like, I'm, oh, I want a piece of you. I do find his line sort of sublimely ironic when we find out later what he did to guys in prison. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd yep, kind of love yep. it if Dalton replied with, I'm going to get your throat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have my ass. I'm going to get your throat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't like lines. When people are walking away from something, they shouldn't say a line. That should be a rule. That makes yeah. like you're, you're walking away and you're saying, like, that's not, that's, that's a JV move by Jimmy. You only get to say that if you win. Yeah, I, I would rip off his, if he had like a varsity letter on his jacket, he'll get ripped off and replaced with a JV letter. Yeah. Then I feel like, I feel like we have to talk about Wade's line, which I, again, like I said, I don't understand. So this is what Wade says. So after this fight, he and, and Dalton, he says, so he says to Dalton, same town, new story, a pal. So can someone explain to me, okay, so it's not the same town. Like, it's flipped. It's what because I, I think when he had a phone call earlier, I think Dalton said Newtown, same story. I think. So okay. So do we think a this is a flub on Sam Elliott's part? B. I think he's just joking around. Oh. He's concussed. Yeah. So that was <laughs> going to be my other thing. <laughs> he got kicked is, in the face like twenty seconds ago. Is he concussed? And maybe he's just not putting his words in the right order. I, I think that's it. I really do. He's like, let's go get a beer. So yeah, I think he has a concussion. I think one of those kicks got him in the temple, and he's not thinking straight. Hmm. I think I think that makes that's probably the most plausible explanation. He's going to go pour that beer just like on his head. Like he's yeah. not going to know how to drink it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got there. You got there just before me. <laughs> yeah, the con- yeah the concussions are no joke. They are no joke. Yeah. Although in 1989, they don't really exist yet. No, yeah. You just you just <laughs> got your you just got your bell rung. Get your bell rung. Yeah. Speaking you know, of... did, so I had a concussion when I was younger, and I they I remember I was I was in really bad shape, and it was early '90s. I was young. I was really I couldn't really see straight, and they just put on Surf Ninjas, and I I remember laying on the floor watching it, and then like kind of almost passing out, and then eventually they took me to the hospital. This explains so much about you, Mark. Yeah, that was like my 11th birthday. <laughs> what about when you were a bouncer, Mark? Did you did you ever feel like you got your bell rung when you were a bouncer? No, I, I but I got I got my bell rung when I trained MMA and boxing. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like I never once was I. I don't. And, and, I mean, I got the beer bottles on my head, but they didn't hit like my temple or jaw, so that that didn't knock me out. I never had a concussion bouncing, but and, and all my other boxing training, that kind of sports, that kind of stuff. That's where they all came from. Because bar fighting, you got to understand. Like Dalton, you watch him training later in the movie. He's throwing straight punches for more than a minute. That's going to make him win over ninety nine percent of the bar fighters. Because winging punches, you get tired and you're drunk, and so you just gotta withstand that for like a minute, take them down. So yeah, I, I was never that worried about that during bouncing. So you just rope a dope the guy until they run out of steam. No, yeah, like or or you just like, like you just get him in the head, like you just you just grab him, you get him like in a good headlock, or you get him on the ground, and then they just get tired. Anybody have anything else about the action in the bar before we move to uh, Red's estate? No. But okay. I, I do, I do like uh, Red's mailbox. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. I love his hubcap mailbox. It's 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 so 1950s charming. 
Yeah, cause I've been to America a couple of times, and one thing I've always enjoyed is the different kind of mailboxes you have. Because in the UK, we don't have these mailboxes at the end of the driveway, also just a letterbox on the house. So just kind of driving around, seeing like, oh, this person's got a manatee holding a mailbox. That's kind of cute. And I, I just like these uh, wheel rims soldered together. It's like a nice. Were you you know, Yes, I was. Yeah, I <laughs> How could you tell? Vanities yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. are only in Florida. We went uh, to Florida recently, and there was um, a seahorse mailbox and a dolphin mailbox. So, yeah. Nice. Here it's just there's just a metal slot in the door, and that's all anybody ever has. Very boring. Oh. So, uh, so I, I, I always enjoy a a custom uh, uh, mailbox, and this one reflects it's for a living. It works in the in the, the car shop kind of thing, doesn't it? So. I like it. Seems, it definitely seems like the right kind of mailbox you would get if you're in auto parts. On the nose. Yeah. Well, Mark, uh, just let's uh, let's consider what movie we're watching. Yeah. Mark, you, you have a shark one, so you can't talk. Yeah, that's true. I, I do have that. If I was this character, Jimmy, I would probably have a sweet, uh, let me think, lightning bolt mailbox. Uh, Jimmy has a denim mailbox, I think. <laughs> I bet I bet it would be one made out of like samurai swords or something like completely inappropriate. Real overkill. <laughs> really, yeah. But they're like spinning perpetually, so you can't yes. even get near it to get the you gotta dive in to get the mail. <laughs> yeah, the mail one just throws my mail on the ground. It gets I'm shredded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jimmy. I'm trying to imagine what that would look like now. Samurai sword just feels a little bit more like like a Dalton type move with his Eastern philosophy. Well, I think J- part of Jimmy is that he's a little bit posy, like a poser, and so yeah. like he's gonna acquire somebody else's awesomeness and like pretend that it's his own. Mm. Um, and I he's think very he insecure. would. You're right. Yeah, I think he would take on the legend of the samurai as his own, um, even though he has no connection to it really. Yeah, sounds right. Inside Red's house, we get this meeting of all the old dudes. Um, Red's house looks, I think, on the inside, exactly what you would expect a house like owned by a guy this age in this time to look like. It seems very sort of like right out of the 1950s. Yep. Uh, He appears to be packing to leave, it looks like. And he's decided to pack all of his pens in his pocket. (laughs) (laughs) He's really far along on packing. Like, I feel like, wasn't it just yesterday that his whole place blew up and now he's got most of his house packed up? That's a good point. Well, do we think that this, we do we think that this scene is maybe, there's like maybe a little time jump? Uh, it's hard to tell. No, no, wait, but we, we know it's not actually because, yeah. um, well, actually, so we're going to find out in a future minute that uh, uh, Tillman says to, to Dalton that he scared Brad Wesley. And I think he says you scared him last night. Yeah, well, I, from Red's perspective, his his business just blew up. Maybe he thinks his house is next, so he needs to get out of there as quick as, as possible. Yeah. He's, he's running scared, and I, I don't blame him. He's got a he's got a super empathetic friend too. I, I really hope if my I really hope that nothing ever happens to my house because it's really nice now. But if something ever were to happen, I really hope someone would come up to me and say, "We got insurance, don't you?" Oh yeah, <laughs> like that's definitely supposed to make everything better. Things happen for a reason. Yeah. 
Also, I love that Dalton's looking out the mirror or the window. Like, that's a very Dalton move. He's just too cool to be part of the conversation. Like, when he's at a party, he's the one that goes outside and looks at the sunset. He knows what, what his angles are where he's best lit from (laughs) (laughs) i i had a minute where i couldn't tell if that was dalton or a woman i was just not sure (laughs) is it is it the hair i think it was the hair what else it it was also the stance (laughs) like that kind of leg up butt out kind of thing it just looked very much like a female form the trousers look a little flared in that shot that they're not but they look like they could yeah i'm with you why is Dalton here? Oh, uh, he works for uh, what Teague? So. I mean, he does. He works for um, Tillman for Tillman. Frank Tillman. But like, you know, he works for Frank Tillman from like eight to eight to three in the morning. Like, he's just showed up here. Is he? So is he? Is he looking out the window as sort of like uh, like a bodyguard? Yeah, he's keeping watch. Well, I mean, he works. He works for Tillman, and he's friends with Red, and he's very good friends with Red's niece. Yeah, yes. uh, I wonder I'll if he I'll was say. I think he's too cool for school. I think he just wants to pose and look awesome and look out a window. That's my. <laughs> but, that's, so, do we feel I like do. this was was this a Patrick Swayze choice to stand like that in like silhouette, or do you think that was a director's choice? That was all his choice. Yeah, all, yeah, all Swayze. I think there's a lot of Swayze choices in this. Movie. I got a great pose. That's a great pose going on there. And I want. I do want to say this is really random, but I was a stand-in on a movie. And they were like, Mark, the character's by the window. And I went over to the window and I looked out the window. And AD was like, Mark, that character's not going to do this. You're not an actor. Don't try to be an actor. And then the actor comes in and starts looking out the window the way I did it. And I never got an apology from that AD. This is a great story. And I, the way I know it's a great story is I was just re-listening to uh, Chapter 2 of Deep Blue Sea, um, which is the scene where um, we we see uh, Samuel Jackson and Saffron Burroughs and Ronnie Cox. Yep. And uh, Saffron <laughs> Burroughs is staring despondently out the window. I think you're right, Mark. I think uh, staring out the window is an underused move in movies. And I learned by Ronnie Cox, so uh, on Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong, the podcast, I, I work on that, and they brought in Saffron Burroughs to be uh, interviewed for it. And she said that Ronnie Cox was in it and had a lot more lines, but Rennie just cut it all. So oh, that's the story that- about why Ronnie was there. That's the uh, the Keith David effect. Keith David story. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, you never cut Keith or Ronnie. I don't like it. So do you know anything that happened with this the, with John Paul Jones, the, the walrus? I'm glad so I'm scene. glad you brought him up. This is our first time meeting uh, both John Paul Jones and the character of Stratemeyer, who we're gonna get to know quite a bit better in his sort of iconic part of the movie. Um, but let's, so uh, just a little bit of information about him. We haven't had to introduce anybody new to the movie in a long time. So uh, John Paul Jones, this is your life. And the sad thing is I only have three bullet points in my notes here. It's not a lot about seven him. credits. He has seven <laughs> credits in the IMDb. So Marcy, this is your time to step up. Oh, uh, all right. When we in, when we used to introduce new characters in the past, you started doing something delightful, which is to look through their IMDb and find the movies that in, that tickle you the most. I don't have a whole lot of, uh, to tell you about him other than that. I'm going to say that this is probably his largest movie role. He was in They Live. Uh, I feel like there are there's a, there's a weird there's a lot of weird ties to They Live in this movie. What's his name again? John Paul Jones, not the 18th century naval hero. Okay, got it. John Paul Jones with an J-O-N. 
I know my pick for the movie that I think I enjoy him in the most. And if you guys don't review this on your podcast, I'll be disappointed. Oh, is this is Alligator 2? Alligator 2, the mutation. Uh, uh, with the Scope Factory's first one, they're coming out with like a 4K of it, the original Alligator. Very excited about that. The, f- the tagline that. for that movie is It erupted from the bowels of the city in a lethal frenzy. See, I'm intrigued by the role he was in just two years before Roadhouse. He was in a film called Back to the Beach, in which he played he played a character called Punk. Yeah, but that's a, that's that Back to the Beach. But, that's the um the Back to the Beach. What that's sort of the they were trying to reboot the um Frankie and Annette franchise. That is not something I'm aware of or from anywhere that I've heard of at all. I mean, uh, I don't so. know that much. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever heard of the a movie called Beach Blanket Bingo? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, I, I've never seen it. Mark, have you heard of those movies, Frankie and Annette? I've watched them, but I've just never, I've never, uh, I know of them, but I've never watched them. So Back to the Beach, I guess. So those are movies that came out, I think, in like the late 60s or 70s. They're very insubstantial. And then I guess in 1980, what, seven, they attempted to make a, like, a, they attempted to reboot that with this movie called Back to the Beach. Well, I, I was intrigued because he plays a punk. And I'm thinking this guy is beyond the age where he would be credited as a punk. But I've just found a screenshot of him as a punk, and it's incredible. Uh, and I have no way of showing it to you. <laughs> oh, wait, I see it right now on IMDb. Right? Yes. Is that... uh, I'm going to put a link in the chat is all I'll do. There you go. Uh, so, um, There's a good wow. Blossom hat in there. Wearing a Blossom hat's not a punk move. Well, he's like he's a very much a, an old oh. balding. Oh um, wow! That's the tagline on Back to the Beach is "All killer, no filler." I don't See know what that? that means. That doesn't seem like the kind of movie that we're watching. Yeah, Whoa! That's the guy. Wait, that's him on the right. That's him. <laughs> I think so. What? <laughs> that's the only guy I can find in the cast who looks like him. That's definitely <laughs> him. It looks like this movie came comes out of the Mad Max franchise. Looks like, yeah. Yikes. Well, there's like a Z Town Kooks, I think you can see in the, in the background in graffiti mm. on that. Wow. <laughs> That's the punk band. That's all I have for you about John Paul Jones. We've got this character, Stroudmeyer. He seems a little tone deaf. A little. He's not reading the room very well. Yeah. Like, he's just telling Red, like, oh, we just got to rebuild. Um, and Red's just, like, not having any of that. He's, he's, he's kind of doing what he would do, not what Red... Red's, Red seems one out of here. And I don't yeah. blame him. His, his, his place of business for 20 years just blew up. Got monster truck. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, you know, the other thing, too, we're going to we're gonna learn more about this next week, but, like, Red's point is that, like, the problem is, like, this isn't going to stop until somebody decides that they're really going to try to stand... Like, they, they were prevented from kind of finishing the conversation last night at the bar... And until somebody like if you've got a bully, the only way that, that things are going to get better is if someone kind of comes up and, you know, punches them in the face. And un- until somebody's willing to stand up to Brad Wesley, nothing's going to get better. We've got <laughs> we've got other random people like I have no idea who these two rando guys are in the back. There's this guy wearing ask, this, yeah. very, this very fetching polo shirt who uh, really doesn't seem to fit in well with this scene at all. Like, I have no idea who these people are. Yeah, the. the there's like the the thinner guy who seems more like a, a, a business, like an office worker, but by his attire. Uh, but so I, I don't know. So what business do you reckon these guys run in the town? We got this kind of younger, uptight guy. Maybe he runs uh, a tax attorney. <laughs> or, uh, I think the older guy definitely runs the boat dealership. 
Okay, yeah, I can see that. Seems like we something you would. It seems like something you would want to do in like semi-retirement. We can't see his shoes. So I don't know if he's wearing boat shoes or not. Yeah. We'll just have to assume that he is. Maybe the young guy in the blue shirt is like the mortician, or you know, in <laughs> yeah. some way, the person that deals with the dead, because he is very like laced up and proper looking, and I feel like the funeral home manager would be like that. So maybe he's there to try and uh, keep things escalating, so that business is good for <laughs> yes. him. He dresses. He dresses. The eyeballs a, are down. Marcy. He he dresses a lot like O'Connor. Maybe yes. he's like a sleeper agent for Brad Wesley. I like it. And his uh, yeah. job is to just, like you said. So I like this idea of sort of trying to keep. He wants to keep keep the conflict going, drive more business his way. Yeah, it's got to be. He's 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 just there, kind of. He's got a tape measure in his back pocket. He's just checking everyone for sizes so he can get going on the coffins. Yeah. <laughs> Ready in advance. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about Kelly Lynch in this minute? Um, it's a, a, <laughs> she does so much. Another well, but so she's arriving on the scene again. Every time we get to see Doc for the first time in a scene, we like to play a little game called "Rate That Lynch Look." Not actually rating, but just kind of uh, considering the the many different uh, appearances of Doc. Um, so, Marcy, you're our designated fashion consultant. What do you think about Doc in this minute? Well, from what I can see, she's got maybe a blue denim button-down shirt on and blue khakis. Are those khakis or jeans? Uh, they look like like chino pants to oh. me, but it's hard to tell. I thought this was denim on denim. I thought this was, was kind of a, a Jimmy look. I think it, I think it is. You think it's denim on the bottom? Uh, I'm only 50... questioning that that dark blue because I feel like they didn't really have dark wash jeans back then. They were kind of more that light wash stone wash but i could be wrong well gonna... i feel like this costume is intentional because she's trying to keep dalton riled up she's so she's come dressed as jimmy <laughs> <laughs> I just would as, a, just, as a trigger i would just put it out there that i really hate this way that they make her hair fly back out of her face <laughs> yep. it bothers me to no end she has stringy straight hair and they just lift it away from her face and it, i think it looks terrible so a lot of a lot of hairspray involved in that look huh. yeah i mean i'd rather dock in a ponytail every time than i don't know well i don't on the spectrum of dock hairstyles i thought this was not that bad yeah i don't know <laughs> it's not as good as when they go on that date where they go to the diner Man. well I, w- I would describe this look as arrived in a convertible yeah. Or a it's Jeep. Well, yeah, because yeah. she drives yeah. around in her Jeep. There we go. You think uh, her hair moves in that Jeep? No. Do you all, since this this is probably going to, this might be your last minute with us here on the movie, do you all have any strong feelings about Kelly Lynch in Roadhouse? I think she's fine. Uh, I, I have no, no problem with her at all. Uh, I, I feel like people watch Roadhouse not for Kelly Lynch. Nothing against her, but she's not the reason that the people buy tickets. It's for the Patrick Swayze of it all. Uh, but she she fills the role amicably. What about you, Mark? After listening to the behind the scenes interview, she's totally at peace with this movie and the character and how absurd it is. Like she she's like, when I got this role, she's like, I just got my hair big, I got as tan as possible, and then they're like, they try to fit me in the shortest skirts possible. So I feel like she just understands the role and knows exactly what it is, and she just you know she, like she executed just fine. It's kind of tough to be introduced in this movie with this character, be the love interest. Like it's a, it's a tough ask, but 
Oh, I think she's good. But she I has think... such a good sense of humor about it that it makes me almost like the character more because she just gets it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could say that about most of the people in this movie. Like, I don't think anybody went into this movie thinking that they were making Citizen Kane, except maybe Patrick Swayze. <laughs> yeah. But his earnestness is what sells it, though. Like, his commitment to saying such silly dialogue, I think, too, is like, without that wink, makes it more iconic, almost. Like, he, he bought in 100%. Kelly Lynch in this movie reminds me a little bit of, like, Kelly McGillis in the movie Top Gun. Like, we got to put in someone so that there can be this love interest. But really, this is, like, this is a movie about guys and the way that guys, like, need to, like you know, interact and like I, the the bromance between Dalton and Wade seems like way stronger than whatever he's got going on with Doc. Yeah, I feel like if you removed the the Kelly Lynch character, it would be a very different different film. The uh, Dalton would have a different fan base. There'd be a lot more nothing wrong with this. A lot more kind of uh, gay people would be fans of the film, I reckon. <laughs> his character. <laughs> as they might be anyway, I don't know. Uh, I feel like that would be a different read on the film. The same with Top Gun, which already right. has that read. If you, you, if you move Kelly McGillis, it would cement it. There you go. Just never give him enough screen time to make yes. any dent. Definitely. And so the only, the only reason I keep remembering her in, the, in this movie is because of the Bill Murray line. Like, it's brought up all the time about mm. how Bill Murray texts her husband whatever Roadhouse is on. That's how I always remember that she's in this. So, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know, it's such a trope, though, isn't it? It's like, you have the best friend, then the girlfriend. Well, and that's... the ex, the crowd, the cranky ex that's like spying on them when they're having sex and things like that yeah 80s movies are sort of mad libs of mad libs of tropes that get put together so that's that checks out with this movie i i i know that you uh you're you really don't like carrie carrie Anne in this film i don't agree with that she's not in this minute but i like her in this I, i'm not a huge fan of the actress i didn't she's very annoying in er uh but i i didn't mind the character of carrie Anne at all i quite liked her when she appeared on screen so I just have to get get my thoughts in there that I think I don't agree with you. <laughs> that's, that's fair. You've you've made it through and you've watched the minute where she attempts to sing and you're still satisfied with this take. I think she was fine. <laughs> She's a much better singer than I am. So <laughs> I had no right. I, I but didn't, she wasn't she wasn't noticeably bad when I neither when I you it. nor me put our singing on tape. <laughs> I mean that's that's yeah. not technically true. Uh, but <laughs> It just happened before. Well, we, not... We've sung on Deep Blue Sea. We have. Uh, it doesn't happen often. Uh, yes, All right. Happen. Well, th- Jay, you can you can you can ride or die with Kathleen Wilhite. That's fine with me. She's not I my do... favorite character. I just want to say I would get. I, I haven't heard all of the minutes that you've released between. I have. <laughs> I have heard that one of the ways that they got down from three and a half hours to two hours was to remove a lot of Carrie Ann. Oh, mm-hmm. she's still I, in it quite a bit. I. Let me put it this way. I think the scenes that they leave her in, she does a really good job of doing what I think she's trying to do, which is to be sort of an annoying school marmish character in the movie. To me, she just comes off as a friendly waitress. So, All right. <laughs> I agree to disagree. Mark, what do you think about Carrie Ann? Nice, funky character. I'm totally unnecessary, so it's good that she got all that cut down. I mean, I listened to the commentary and he said that she got more, like, didn't know she could sing. So they learned she could sing. So they just gave her some singing scenes. She's fine. <laughs> she'd, ha- she'd have to be Janice in the Muppets remake, I think. Yes. Because she's part of the band singing. Yeah. That's a good call. That seems like a, that's a very good call there, Jay. So, Mark, I think I've got one more question for Jay, but I know you got to go. Um, before you go, can you let our fans know again where they can hear and see you on the internet? 
Yeah, so uh, movie films and flicks, movie films on FLX. Uh, check that out and Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. So we got Skip Trace coming up, Rennie Harlan Classic, Johnny Knoxville, Jackie Chan, wonderful. But uh, no, this is a blast. I really appreciate y'all having me on. Sorry, I got to head out a little bit here. But, oh, well, uh, thanks for, thanks for, Jay, one more thing before we go on our Friday shows. Uh, we just, since, uh, you know, we've loved having you guys on our podcast for this whole week. Um, but if there, if there were any other, if you were going to be on the podcast for any other parts of Roadhouse, what would be either parts we've already done or parts we haven't gotten to yet? Sort of what would have been your other parts of the movie? Like, what are your other favorite parts of Roadhouse? I, I enjoy uh, when he starts off in the in the, the, the cold open in the terrible. So when, when he first arrives at uh, Double Juice, when it's really bad, I liked I like those scenes where it's just a real juxtaposition between how great the previous place is. So I, I like I like that because I've never been in such a terrible. I've been in some bad uh, bars and clubs and things in the past, but nothing as bad as as the original Double Juice. So Not I like those scenes. Where- not one where a full scale melee breaks out. No, uh, no, and not a, not a full scale, like a, a, a semi melee, uh, but which I then abruptly leave and head somewhere else. Uh, but uh, the stuff with the monster truck is all fun. There's a, just a random polar bear that crops up out of nowhere. <laughs> I feel like if that film was made today, then that would be established. We'd like have a tour through. Uh, Brad Wesley's house, like, and this is my polar bear room where I have my stuffed polar bear, which will come back later in the, in the third act of this film. Well, yeah. Jay, thank you so much for coming on this week, and thanks. Thank for, you for having. Thanks me. for coming Absolutely. on and staying on for a little bit of overtime. Um, can Happy you to be here. Re- remind uh, all of our listeners where they can find and see and hear you on the internet? Yes, of course. Uh, so my personal blog is lifeversusfilm.com. Not a lot tends to happen there, but if I do anything, it gets posted from there. I run the LAM, the Large Association of Movie Blogs, which has over 2,000 members around the, the world of blogs and podcasts, all, all dedicated to films, which can be found at largeassmovieblogs.com. And there, that has a weekly podcast called The Lambcast. I used to host that for seven years. Uh, I've passed it on to my former co-host now because I do more shark-related things instead. Uh, but I do a monthly movie trivia uh, podcast on there called Lampady, which is like Jeopardy, but all movie trivia. Uh, Mark already mentioned Deep Blue the podcast, but by the time this comes out, we may be onto our next project, which we are debating... We have debated. We're, we're starting work on Conair, the podcast. What? Yes. Exciting. Are you doing that one chapter at a time? Uh, we are to an extent. The, Conair doesn't have enough DVD chapters, as far as I'm concerned. It has 18, which isn't enough for the glory of Conair, especially because one of them is like a 12-minute long segment that has all of the Steve Buscemi little girl conversation and the... Uh, making the trap for the, the in the great in the yep, yep, airplane yep. graveyard. Oh my gosh! That whole thing is one chapter. So like, I can't we're believe, break this up. I can't believe that movie hasn't been claimed yet. Right. Well, and it has. I'm, We've claimed. It. <laughs> I am. I am insanely jealous. If well, so I, I've I've been through it and broken it up into I think forty chapters. Was what I ended up being. Uh, well, DBC was thirty three for comparison. And uh, we'll, we haven't started recording that yet, but we will do soon. And if, you'll be on the list. Of if you're looking for guest hosts, you can give me any five minutes of that Fantastic. movie. And I will have many, <laughs> many thoughts. It is a glorious, bizarre film with some... You, everyone you're rooting for is a villain in many ways. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful film. And we can't Love wait so to start much. covering it. Love so it as, soon, as soon as Mark is done with his... Uh, Paternity leave hiatus will be right on to Connor. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. 
Well, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Roadhouse Minute. Please, if you can, rate and review us on your favorite podcatching app. Come and join us on Facebook at The New Double Deuce. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at, at @rhminute, And you can email us at daltonsaysbenice at gmail.com. So remember, until next time, be nice. Bye now.